welcome back to our podcast, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about inorganic and organic chemistry. Yes. So starting off, I'm just going to briefly talk about like, inorganic substances. And inorganic substances are basically just anything that doesn't contain a carbon to hydrogen bond. Because organic is just stuff that does contain carbon and hydrogen because it can do 50,000 majillion things. So we decided to give it its own like branch of chemistry because it does so much. Um, but inorganic stuff, like I said, there's like no carbon to hydrogen bonds. Um, they can contain some carbon though. So saying like it just doesn't contain carbon is kind of an inaccurate way to describe it. It is found typically in more like geologically based things typically like minerals or bases, acids, salts, and water are kind of your common, um, I guess, categories of inorganic substances. Um, so they could be stuff like ionic crystals, any like good conductor like metals definitely as well, or good ele electrolytes. So if you place them in water, they would conduct electricity. And also I find this kind of fun because they're the stuff that tend to have color as well. So organic stuff is pretty colorless. They you can they're either like colorless white or black. Yeah. Not really like they don't have stuff, but like with with inorganic stuff, you have um like kind of a bluish green, whatever you want to call it, for copper. You have your oranges for um iron. Your purple for iodine, which is just really fun. Um and just stuff like that. They're also soluble in water, but not really soluble in nonpolar solvents. So a solvent is basically a liquid that you place something in to dissolve it. Um, and nonpolar is just, they, we talked about this a little bit previously in a different podcast, but they don't, they're, they're kind of all one charge, essentially. They don't have like different charges on them. Um, so they're kind of uniform in that matter and they won't dissolve in those and also they tend to have really high boiling points If you think about like ionic crystals or your metals You're, you're not gonna find like iron Gas like that's just You're not gonna find iron gas maybe on the Sun um, Well, I mean yes That's actually very interesting to talk about iron in the Sun. It's pretty fun um, yeah, but organic is basically the opposite of that then. So you have, you know, colorless or black or white, um, insoluble in water or any polar solvent. Typically, that's it, but they can be slightly soluble depending on them. Um, you think of sugar, sugar is an organic substance, but it does dissolve in water. Um, so it's possible, but typically it's, it's. Typically, they're insoluble in water, um, but more soluble in stuff like, I don't know, um, oil, for example. That's um, good. Yeah. Nonpolar stuff. And they don't conduct electricity. They have lower boiling points. And um, the more carbon you have, kind of the greater the melting point or boiling point, more solid it is. So if you have your carbons, it might be a liquid or a gas even, and then the more you add, the, the higher it goes up the, that phase um, ladder, I guess, I don't know, staircase, 
Yeah, like some sort of interval going up. I don't know. Yeah. And also the more colorful in quotation marks it gets. So like it goes from clear to maybe like very white. Kind of like if you think about like I guess polar bear fur is a pretty good analogy. Because technically the individual hairs are like clear, but altogether they look white. So Yeah, so it's stuff like that. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what I think is, like, honestly really cool about organic chemistry is they were just like, you know, carbon can do all these things, we're going to give it its own branch. And, like, especially with just carbon, like, itself, it can make so many different things. Like, diamond, we know, is super hard, but then graphite, on the other hand, is, like, your pencil lead, and it just breaks, like, on paper. Yeah. But, like, if you went to write with a diamond, it's not going to work that way, but they are made of the same thing, which I just think is really interesting because you think... They would be somewhat similar, but really, they're almost opposites. Yeah. Uh, I watched something about that in a certain class I took. It was about, like, graphite or graphene or something. Um, and how you can, like, get graphene out of graphite in your pencil by taking tape. And, like, you can keep... Basically, if you rub some graphite, like, on a piece of tape, or you take some, like, a chunk of something, and then you, like, tape it, and you pull the tape off of it, and you keep pulling off layers, you can get, like, a graphene layer from graphite, which is, like, really, really strong, stronger than graphite, and there's some, like, there's, there's some really, really useful aspect to it that I forget. It's been a while, but... Yeah, what's interesting about graphite is that it's, like, it's like a two-dimensional network so mm-hmm. it's like you have your layer of graphite and then they're not actually touching the next layer they're actually like a london dispersion force oh, actually, yeah, yeah. yeah they're holding the little two-dimensional layers of graphite together which is why it's not very strong because in diamond it's a three-dimensional sort of it's not really a complicated thing it's just hard to really picture with words but with diamond, it's more three-dimensional, and everything's really interconnected. Yeah, which is why diamond's so strong, mm-hmm. versus graphite isn't as strong. It's because diamond has more of that stronger attractions with all of its surrounding carbon yeah. atoms. Oh yeah, a thing that I don't think we've actually said yet is that carbon can actually form four bonds, which doesn't seem very you know important when you just say that but it allows it to create very complex things like carbon chains for example which are like these super complex you know chains of carbon where carbon's just like combining with carbon and there's little like hydrogen usually at the tips but yeah. they're just these really long carbon chains and there's branch chains and ring chains and yeah it's just it's so complex when you think about other elements carbon can just do so many things compared to the rest of them yeah because like carbon can go on it can just keep bonding with itself over and over and over again and just bond to the carbon atom and then that carbon atom can bond to another carbon atom and another carbon atom and another carbon atom and they could just keep adding these atoms on to infinity that there are technically an infinite amount of possibilities that carbon can make which is why you gave it its own, or why there is its own 
branch of chemistry designated specifically to carbon and its whole shenanigans. Yeah, just like the fact that carbon can do so much. It's like the molecule of life. Every living thing is pretty much made of carbon. It's just like, mm -hmm. it's just so cool. But yeah, another thing to compare it to, for well, not really compare, I don't want to say that, but like one thing that carbon can do that other atoms can do is make a covalent network, which is pretty much like networks of these covalent bonds. And not only carbon, I mean, obviously carbon can do this because carbon can pretty much do everything at this point, but also like silicon can do it, which is how you get your computer chips, is they have like these covalent networks of silicon, they break them off, and that's how you get your computer chips, if you wanted to know that. Because that's, it's diamond, that's why it's, you know, the strongest, like, mineral, I guess. Is it a mineral? I think it's a mineral. Is diamond a mineral? I don't know. I didn't. Yes, it's a mineral composed of pure carbon, which is why technically diamond itself isn't, isn't technically an organic substance, because it's, Carbon in its pure form, it's not really bonded to carbon to hydrogen, but it's it's still really cool that like you can just take one element and just bond it with everything in the way it bonds. And this covalent network creates like the strongest mineral we have, and it's like there's a certain scale of like minerals. Um, my sister, who's a ge geologist, would know this, but I don't because I I don't pay attention to whenever she talks about rocks all the time. <laughs> and it's like there's like this whole scale and it's like based off of like I don't that's just not based off of diamond but it's like it goes up to like 10 and 10 is diamond I do know what and, you're talking about yeah but I don't remember what it's called mm -hmm. but anyways yeah all that I was talking about about how um diamond isn't technically an organic compound I thought this was kind of interesting that I learned it, in, or we talked about it in my organic chem class, which is the scientific definition for organic chemistry is anything that contains carbon, like I already said. But we typically have this idea that like organic things are like pure natural things and everything. Like if you go to the grocery store and you buy all organic foods, you're like, this is really good for me. Mm -hmm. But the reality can be your plastics, they can technically be organic compounds, even though, because they contain carbon bond to hydrogen bonds, and um, they're polymers, and polymers typically are, like, organic stuff. And I'll get to that in a bit of a minute. But, like, that, that plastic made from the decomposed dinosaurs in the ground, synthesized from the crude oil, that's technically according to chemistry and the chemistry definition of organic stuff, technically it's all organic. I saw, I keep seeing this meme go around where it's like, if like dinosaurs make plastic, then your plastic dinosaur is made from real dinosaur. And that cracked me up. <laughs> all right, well, I'm gonna move on to like, talk about some, get to talking about that polymers and everything, sort of. I'm not going to talk about it intensely because it's so kind of complicated. But like we said with carbon, um, being able to link over and over and over again with carbon, 
it can then do some funky stuff. Uh, like, you know, since it bonds covalently, which involves sharing electrons, it can actually share multiple of its electrons with, you know, one atom. So you can get single bonds, double bonds, and triple bonds, which all have their own names um, for their substances. So a carbon chain that contains only single bonds would be called an alkane. And then a carbon chain that typically they contain mostly single bonds, but there might be like a couple or one double bond in there would be called an alkene, which is A-L-K-E-N-E. -E. Um, and if you have a carbon chain that is primarily single bonds, so there might be like a triple bond in there, that'd be an alkyne, which is A-L-K-Y-N-E. And uh, I specify the spelling because that's how I remember them is they go alphabetically. So oh. alkane comes first alphabetically and it is all single bonds. Alkene is second alphabetically, double bond, and alkyne is third alphabetically and it contains a triple bond. So that's just a fun little way to remember it. But yeah, and with like alkanes, alkanes are kind of my favorite because they're ones that you know the most about, most likely. They're like methane, which is like, I think that's the stuff in like um, gas stoves. I think it's that gas. I think so. Maybe I don't. Not. I don't know too much about gas. I think it is. When I, I, I think we talked about that. It like doesn't have any smell, so they put like sulfur, a compound in there to make it smell. I just remember we talked about that. I think it's methane. I could be wrong. It's something. I don't know. I wish I knew more about this. It's also the problem with cows is they produce a lot of methane that goes into the atmosphere and it's like it's bad for the environment because cows, cows. Are like yeah methane and carbon dioxide just like yep yeah and there's also propane and then which is like you use yeah, propane is like because, grills and stuff yeah grills and like propane heaters and all that stuff and then my personal favorite is butane because it's lighter fluid but Properties of alkanes, they're nonpolar, so they don't really mix in water. They have pretty weak attractions with their molecules and low boiling points. I did a thing where I looked up like propane, propene, and propine and compared their boiling points. Um, so they all contain three, three carbons for reference. Prop is the organic chemistry prefix for three it doesn't follow it has its own rules for naming it's weird um but propane is negative 400 negative 43.63 fahrenheit that's its boiling point which is really low that's you know way below freezing it's in fahrenheit i don't know why it's in fahrenheit because it is um propene is an alkene which have slightly stronger attractions um, because I think their radius is bigger or something. Um, they have higher boiling points. They're more reactive. And, um, so like propene is a negative 53.65 degrees Fahrenheit. And then alkynes, again, they're even higher boiling points. So propine was negative 9.6 degrees Fahrenheit, which is a, that's like, 40 degrees increase. Other than that, 
The one thing that I find really fun about alkenes is once you get into like having multiple bonds, um, you can get what are called isomers, which are like, they contain basically the exact same amount of stuff. So they contain the exact same amount of carbon or hydrogen or if they have any other elements bonded in them. Same number, same number of bonds and everything, but the location of the bonds on the carbon chain can differ, um, which can alter its structure slightly. And it's really fun with alkenes, you can get what are called cis isomers and trans isomers. Um, cis basically, they have like a kink in them or a bend and trans are more linear. Um, and that just has to relate to how they are structured. You probably would hear like trans fats, which you have like your diet and everything and yeah. foods, how they're bad for you. The reason they're bad for you is because trans isomers, they're flat. They're kind of linear. Um, whereas cis isomers have that kink in them. So if you have like trans fats, they're flat molecules, which means they can stack up with each other and then they can cause blockages in your arteries and such. Whereas cis isomers having that kink or bend in them causes it to be harder for them to do that. So they're more healthy and better fats and oils for you and all that jazz because they're less likely to kill you. Yeah, other than that, there's not really much talk about like for alkanes or alkynes. There's like this one alkyne that apparently is used in a lot of things. I think it's called acetylene, something like that. Actually, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's something like that. And it's used to like all the way up to like rocket fuel to just making other co organic compounds and solvents and all that jazz, um, making plastics and even to like artificially ripen fruit. I don't know how that works. I should look that up. I didn't. That'd be interesting, actually. Thanks for listening to our podcast and join us next time. And we will be talking about some more interesting chemistry topics.